Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture, and thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. Well, it's uh, not a good weather day for some parts of the country and others bracing for winter-like weather. We're going to check in with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson, get a report on this storm that uh, is going to be moving across the country and uh, just not only precipitation, but also the cold temperatures that go with it. So we'll talk weather on today's show. John Linder is the first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association. He'll be joining us. We'll talk trade. We'll talk RFS. We'll get a harvest report from his area in Ohio. And speaking of a harvest report, Greg Anderson, who farms in northeastern Nebraska, will join us. We'll see how much they've been able to get done and what the weather's like in their area right now as well. But we're going to start things off with Phil Brasher from AgriPulse Communications. Phil, thank you for joining us. Uh, it, Great to be here. A lot of talk about the China talks, but uh, haven't seen the, too much optimism. I haven't seen uh, word that seems to have gotten off to too big a too good a start as far as any breakthroughs. Uh, can you tell us anything different? Uh, not really. It has uh, been uh, you know this is pretty highly anticipated around. Uh, but uh, starting off today, uh, was supposed to go tomorrow as well. There was a report out of China yesterday that the Chinese delegation was only going to stay for a day. Um, that created some alarm late yesterday. Uh, it's been very mixed reports ahead of this. Um, we had uh, the Trump administration earlier in the week announcing, announcing some new sanctions on China because of the treatment of the Uyghurs and the other ethnic minorities there uh, seem to raise the or lower expectations for the talks and raise tension. And then we had mixed reports uh, late yesterday and uh, last night, another report that their Trump administration was trying to get a uh, partial deal, maybe on currency, um, in return for some partial commitments for from China. So. Well, we'll see, uh, but uh, I think the expectations have certainly been lowered going into this. Yeah, for sure, uh, as opposed to some of the past talks where expectations were sky high. Uh, so let's talk about this possibility of a partial deal. It seems like that's what the the president has said. He didn't want a partial deal up before now. Is he more willing now, you think, to, to do a, kind of a mini deal? Well, uh, it, it seems to be he's been a little. He seemed to be open. He said some things. Now, you know, it depends on the day. We get all sorts of signals from from the White House. Where we think what we think is a signal. Um, he certainly didn't rule it out. Um, so it's, it's certainly plausible that uh, he wants some kind of sign of progress. He would very much, there's no question, he would very much like to see the Chinese uh, uh, get in the market and uh, buy more uh, soybeans and other uh, farm commodities because, as you know, he's uh, got, this is a real problem out in a farm country, not just for him, but uh, Republicans uh, uh, in Congress as well. 
because this thing is just dragging on on and on and on and um, a lot of predictions that uh, could go through through next year and into 2021. Do you get any sense or feeling that the impeachment proceedings uh, strengthens one side or the other, meaning maybe China's more apt to wait it out or there's more pressure on the Trump administration to, to get something done because of all the other controversy that's going on? You know, haven't had a lot. Of, haven't seen a lot on that. Um, obviously, you know the Chinese have to be watching that. Um, this does not appear to strengthen the president's hand. You wouldn't think the Chinese would view it that way. Yet, on the other hand, um, who's coming uh, behind him? Um, and if he were to lose election, lose the election in 2020, who's to say the uh, the Democrats are going to uh, the Democratic president, whoever that is, is going to be, um, you know, any more conciliatory? I I wouldn't necessarily bet on that if I were the Chinese. It's boy, this is this is really I hate to use the term uncharted territory, but it sure is. Uh, and trying to trying to figure this out politically is, is extraordinarily difficult. Well, I don't think anyone expected really a, a final deal to come out of these talks, but uh, what should we expect? What's a realistic expectation of these talks at this point? Uh, I would say uh, no progress to a, a partial deal would be a partial a partial deal would be the unquestionably the most positive outcome probably at this point. I don't think there's any expectation that they're close to to a final resolution. Um, no indication of the Chinese on the technology issues, uh, intellectual property issues. No indication that they're close to uh, resolution on that. So we'll see what happens. And uh, you can watch the stock market, and it kind of shows you what the latest <laughs> comments are and the feeling is on these talks. We're talking with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Over to USMCA. Uh, right. And we hear these, there we see positive signs, but yet I saw some comments from some uh, House Democrats that they're still not happy with some labor issues in, in Mexico. What's the latest there? Right, there was a delegation of Democrats led by House Ways and Means uh, Committee Chairman Richard Neal, who were down there for several days, just uh, came back. Um, and uh, met with the president while we were there. Uh, the message uh, when they came back is that uh, Mexico, they still have questions about Mexico's ability to enforce um, uh, labor standards, and uh, in particular, there's a lot of focus on that and, and other issues. So clear they're not ready to, uh, to support the agreement yet. Uh, another significant uh, you know, a little bit of a significant development this week is the uh, president of the AFL-CIO, Richard Trumka, was quoted in the Washington Post as saying that uh, because of the labor issues, uh, that uh, the, the agreement couldn't pass before Thanksgiving. And of course, there's not going to be a lot of time left in December either, and we're pretty much into the uh, caucus and uh, primary season in after the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think the longer it goes, for those wanting to see it pass, the more nervous you get. And I think it comes down to, for the Democrats, who may not want to give anything that looks like a victory to President Trump, on the other hand, they want to be able to show they're going to do something other than just investigate or, you know, or prosecute. So they got to show something there, too. 
Yeah, and that's where the impeachment issue could have uh, could have a significant effect because I think uh, slightly more likely scenario is that the Democrats want to show that they can uh, pass something of significance. Um, just you know, at the same time they're doing the impeachment inquiry, which is obviously a politically uh, challenging issue for some of their members. And those same members in rural districts and swing districts um, also are probably under a lot of pressure um, right. from farmers and otherwise to get this agreement passed. We'll see how it plays out. Phil, thank you very much. Okay. Good to be here. Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, well, the American Farm Bureau Federation has released a proposal for the future of U.S. milk pricing provisions and marketing order reform. Here to tell us about it is John Newton, chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. John, thanks for joining us. Uh, wow, the dairy marketing system, the pricing system is a complicated one and has not really been uh, overhauled in some time, so this is quite an undertaking. You, you know, Mike, there's an old adage in the dairy industry that, that uh, three or four people know how milk is priced in the United States, and, and they better not all get on the same airplane. Uh, milk pricing is, is very, very complicated, and I think our folks... Uh, our voting delegates in January asked the American Farm Bureau to put together a working group uh, to think about ways to modernize and update uh, what's now uh, an 80-year-old system in the United States. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Peak performance at harvest is a necessity. It's our expertise. Producers who look to have a successful harvest turn to FS. Our grain systems experts reduce downtime by offering the latest products, innovations, and knowledge to your grain operation. Whether you need a part in a hurry or advice on your equipment, we'll keep you running. At FS, we're always looking for ways to optimize your grain system and ensure during harvest your operation is ready for what's next. So visit FSSystem.com and let's get you headed towards your next success. FS, bringing you what's next. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a credence soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, credence soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Ask your local BASF seed advisor about credence soybeans. Always read and follow label directions. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson joins us each Monday. So if he's on 
on another day during the week. That must mean there's some big weather to talk about, and that is the case, and he joins us now. Bryce, thanks for being with us. Uh, let's talk about this winter storm that's brewing. Uh, what can you tell us about the, what it looks like, how widespread it will be? Well, Mike, as far as the, um, as far as the cold that this uh, storm system is bringing in, it's going to be uh, covering most of the plains and uh, the western half of the Midwest. And so uh, it is going to be a cold uh, weather maker for quite a few areas of the western Corn Belt. Now, as far as the moisture is concerned, uh, there is going to be a, a pretty uh, large area of the uh, central plains and the western and the north central midwest that have moderate to heavy rainfall but i know that uh, when we're talking about uh, the uh, northern plains uh, there's going to be a big round of snowfall and it's already starting uh, there's pretty heavy snow in uh, much of north dakota northern south dakota into uh, southeastern wyoming and northern colorado right now eastern montana is getting uh, some snow and when it's all said and done by saturday uh, we could see snowfall totals of from two to four feet over central and eastern north dakota and the northern i would say the northern quarter of south dakota and uh, the real heavy snow is going to be in the uh, northeastern uh, quarter of uh, north dakota close to the manitoba line but uh, it's a it's just a um, an impressive and uh, and obviously um, very stressful and uh, harvest disrupting crop disrupting uh, round of uh, snowfall that we're going to get and it's a uh, it's almost a springtime uh, type of storm system that we have that's how volatile uh, the character of this particular event is really just the last thing we needed for a year with a late harvest already well it, it certainly is uh, you know the uh, maturity rate on on corn is uh, only about 22 percent in north dakota 36 percent in uh, south dakota and uh, in iowa it's not even that great Iowa's 52 percent or yeah 52 percent on the maturity rate illinois as of last week for that matter was uh, only about uh, 59 percent uh, quite a bit behind average minnesota 39 percent um and the the uh, impact on on crop conditions and the likelihood of some crop damage along with uh, you know some uh, delays that are going to be pretty extensive uh, because of this heavy precipitation uh, is certainly quite high one of the things that uh, comes to mind is that the the intense nature of the snow that we're getting in the northern part of south dakota into north dakota is actually very convective and uh, so there's uh, there's uh, moisture that is falling in a thunderstorm but then hitting colder air and turning to snow and so you have this thunderstorm feature that is uh, you know very impressive but it just indicates how volatile and and how you know how noisy the atmosphere is with these uh, wild temperature swings in just one single column of air across uh, much of the uh, northern plains we're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson what's on the back side of this system Bryce well cold air definitely uh, there are freeze warnings now uh, throughout uh, much of Nebraska and Kansas and a freeze watch is in effect uh, into the Texas panhandle uh, for the next uh, couple nights now a freeze watch has been extended eastward taking in most of Iowa into the western counties of Illinois east of the Mississippi and so uh, you've got uh, that 
uh, cold air potential, and then, and then that runs northward into Minnesota and parts of Wisconsin as well. Uh, so the uh, prospect for a season-ending freeze is really uh, quite widespread, and it's going to lead to um, at least uh, some loss of yield and some loss of uh, grain quality because we know that uh, there were crops that were planted very late. Obviously, this is not going to be favorable for uh, crops that were put in in that uh, late May to June time frame and maybe even a little bit later than that. Uh, so you've got that uh, problem going on. And along with that, Mike, I cannot forget that the heavy rain that we're seeing is going to lead to even further flood conditions in the saturated uh, river basin areas of the western Midwest. You know, that hasn't gone away. And if anything, it's just going to bring a new surge of this kind of flooding that we put up with all season. So we've been wondering when would the growing season end? It looks like it's uh, right about now for or or the next day or so for, for much of the Midwest. Well, it, it, it certainly is. Now, east of the Mississippi, once you get, I'd say, from central Illinois on east, uh, temperatures are not going to get that cold. And so maybe some of the later crops in Indiana and Ohio are going to be able to uh, come along yet and maybe put on a little bit more weight before harvest, although I know it's been pretty dry uh, recently, and, and that has uh, led to uh, crop uh, kind of reaching uh, maturity, maybe maybe a little bit faster, but it will uh, not get quite that cold uh, farther east. The thing that uh, that is concerning to me is that in the areas that we're getting this precip right now, um, the uh, forecast in the next 10 days is not going to just turn things dry. Uh, this pattern is going to still bring some, um, at least uh, intermittent rounds of uh, some type of precipitation during the next week to 10 days, not as heavy as we're seeing, but still light to maybe locally moderate, let's say about a tenth to a half an inch. And uh, that's going to keep the uh, effect or the opportunity for doing any harvesting uh, very uh, very narrow and it's not going to allow for very much drying and so that just drags out this uh, harvest season uh, like we had feared and that's the way things are playing out yeah that's uh, the other part of this once you get something like this this time of year it's hard to uh, dry out or recover from it it takes a long time and uh, that just makes the problem even worse well, it really does, and and along with that, even though it's going to get cold, I don't know that it's going to get quite cold enough, long enough to truly just kind of seal the ground so that, say, combines and grain carts are able to, uh, to um, you know, move across the fields easily. And so I think that there are going to be a lot of uh, circumstances where, you know, harvesting is done in one particular area of a field, and then you have to leave uh, you know, a pretty big spot because it's just too wet to work. I'm afraid we're going to have a lot of that this season. And there have been, you mentioned this earlier, there have been some areas that have been dry. Very dry. Uh, the southeast uh, has uh, not improved anything in terms of uh, the drought conditions they've got going on. This week's drought monitor had uh, conditions getting uh, even uh, even drier in Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama. You have a, a wider area of that part of the southeast moving into level three drought, extreme drought. Central Texas uh, has also increased the coverage of extreme drought in the past week. 
so the southeastern third of the country has not really improved things very much, and uh, there are some major concerns now about not only crop conditions, but about uh, water supplies for livestock, feed supplies for livestock, and then looking ahead uh, regarding soil moisture uh, for the next season. Actually, Mike, the southeast uh, could could use some rain on kind of the magnitude that you get from a weak hurricane. Uh, I don't want to wish that on the region, but the rainfall is uh, certainly something that that would be useful in terms of the kind of drought that they've uh, been in now for uh, going on two months. 2019, weather-wise, kind of ending like it started. It's just been a challenge from the get-go. Yes, it has been. Uh, We've had uh, a volatile season uh, going uh, clear back to early March or mid-March when uh, the bomb cyclone hit here in Nebraska, kind of kicked everything off. And uh, we're just going to, I think, uh, continue on that that track all the way into the end of the year. There's always hope that next year will be better, but uh, you don't know. There's no guarantee on that, is there? Many, many challenges uh, for sure, and, uh, and, and that's going to uh, raise all sorts of uh, management issues once again. Uh, we dealt with the wet ground last year, problems with putting fertilizer down, and uh, that led to complications this season. I think we're going to have to uh, kind of repeat that again when we look ahead to 2020. Yeah, we were talking coming into this year, hoping for a good spring to, to make up for the things that didn't get done last fall, and it kind of looks like we're going to repeat the same cycle going into next year. All right, Bryce, thanks a lot. We appreciate the update, and, uh, wow, we'll, when we talk again on Monday, we'll have a better idea of what hit, but it sounds like it's going to be a, a quite a challenge for a lot of the country. Thanks for the for the information. We appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome, Mike. Okay, take care. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson, like I said, when we have him on other than Monday, that's because there's a big weather event to talk about, and uh, we certainly have one, especially uh, for those folks that are going to get all the snow, it looks like, as well as the very cold temperatures. Well, that may not be the case, though, in Ohio, as we heard Bryce say, Indiana and Ohio uh, spared this some of this, but they've had their share of challenges, too. We'll talk with the first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association from Ohio next on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a credenced soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, Credence Soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Ask your local BASF seed advisor about Credence Soybeans. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, we just heard Bryce Anderson tell us about uh, the parts of the country, the states getting snow. Ohio, not one of them, but uh, it's been a state that's had its share of challenges this year with the weather as well. Our next guest is from Ohio, John Linder. He's first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association. John, good to talk with you again. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. 
So how much uh, harvesting do you have done? We have just begun in the corn harvest. We've got about 150 acres off, and yesterday I cut our first uh, field of uh, soybeans. So that's all the further we've gotten. <laughs> so just getting started, um, what kind of moisture levels are you getting? Yeah, the corn's ranging from 20 to 24 and a half, and that was corn that was planted the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of May. So that's our first corn. It could potentially be our best corn. It's turning out better than uh, we anticipated. It's beating average and it's beating trend line, which is kind of a surprise to us for a wet year, you know, as typically most farmers realize after that prolonged wet spring into summer when it dries up it dries up and uh, where we side dress nitrogen you can drop your cell phone in the uh the coulter knife injector uh, uh mark in the field and places that's how dry it got well like i said you're not ex- expecting snow but you see that uh, there's quite a system moving across the country what's your forecast calling for you know reasonably we'll be uh down to probably maybe in the, the mid 30s weekend and a few times uh, the early part of next week we're potentially going to have some showers with it as far as it's been we can manage their rain of course who wants uh, any more harvest delay but uh, we have some soybeans that are still green and uh, and yellow uh, with a lot of leaves on them so it would be nice to not lose uh, the days to uh, mature those soybeans although you know we're going to take what we can get and I, I'd say we're faring better than uh, a lot of our friends up west that uh, are facing that kind of a snowstorm. So I better I better not whine here. Yeah. So are are guys pushing in your area to try to get as much done here before this uh, whatever precipitation gets to you does? You know, the, the forecast isn't that bad. Certainly everybody's been uh, sitting there idling, ready to, ready to hit the field as quick as they can. And, and yet some of these... Uh, these beans, even they've they've found that they're they're not as quite as ripe as they were when it was 90 degrees. We did get some showers and put moisture back in, and we're not losing it quickly. Uh, the beans I ran yesterday probably were around a 13-2 average from uh, start to finish. So here we are, October 10th, and you're just now starting to get into some fields. It's just one of those years, isn't it? Definitely is. We've had them before. We'll probably be faced with them again. This is our 40th harvest, or at least mine personally. And uh, seeing this kind of uh, delay, seeing this kind of uh, uh, situation uh, be actually worse than it is. So at this point, our test weight looks uh, pretty good. What Coming off the field wet, it's exceeding 50, 56 pounds wet. So no complaints that way. It could have been a lot worse. Maybe without that heat, we might be I'd be less mature in the corn than we, we would be and wouldn't be looking at it quite the way I am. Yep. We're talking with John Linder from Ohio, first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association. John wanted to get your thoughts uh, from a corn grower perspective on the president's announcement on the RFS, his biofuels plan. Are you happy with it? We have to be really pleased, and, and uh, not only with uh, the, the points for which they've addressed to this point, but the fact that uh, we had such a, a great outcrying from our grower base. Uh, our folks have stepped up and really, really reached out to the administration and to the EPA and, and said, you know, we really need some uh, relief here. Uh, we're losing ethanol plants. And 
And so we're glad you're listening. They've listened uh, pretty well. Uh, there's a few things that, that we feel are undone, and, and yet they're going into a comment period, and there's the rulemaking. So we're looking for those opportunities, and even though we reached this point, uh, it's still all hands on deck. We've got to have those those uh, conversations and make those points so there's not clawback uh, on what we've gained, and actually maybe we can expand a little bit on, get a little better definition on the the previously waived gallons because it, uh, that one doesn't look like it's uh, it's not apparent that it's being in, included in a manner that we've been asking for. So I'm not sure we'll have great success, but we'll really push hard to try to get those because uh, those those are what's uh, really hurting the market now, and that's what's really hurting the ethanol plants now. So. Yeah, I've heard it described uh, as a good first step, um, stop the bleeding, things like that. But uh, until we see some of these things, uh, all the details and how this uh, all works out, we won't know exactly for sure, right? Well, that, that's right. But, you know, that some of the positives that uh, Bindi are easily overlooked, I mean, we did get E15 early on. Now, the waivers, obviously, that negates any gain with the E15. But if we get... The, we get to the point that, uh, as promised, we get 15 billion gallons of blending in 2020 going forward, and it includes the, the waived, and that doesn't have the waived gallons deducting from that 15 to, to be a count, um, to get a true 15 billion gallons and then have the 15 and have the, the caveats in place, the rulemaking can streamline the labeling and some of the other barriers to 15 cells. But we also have, uh, USDA has committed to looking deep into their budget to find us dollars to increase infrastructure to to move these gallons. So there's some real positives here, even though, you know, some unknowns that uh, we're, we're still having dialogue on. We're talking with John Linder, first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association. John, let's switch now to trade. Talks with China underway doesn't sound like it's going uh, the smoothest, uh, but uh, at least they're talking. Uh, what are you hoping to see out of this round of talks? Well, certainly, you know, the, the history of uh, these negotiations are, are, takes much longer than we have actually had any desire to have to wait through. Uh, we need the markets now, and so uh, obviously we're pushing our USMCA to get ratified so we can at that base and to have the, the Japan agreement in place are really nice pieces that are moving. We'd love to see uh, China's trade negotiations move that quickly, but it doesn't seem to be the appetite uh, from both sides to to get there as quick as maybe we'd like. I, I think really farmers by and large uh, uh, get it on the China side and really, really want to see fair and Free trade be fair trade, and so we're we're wait, willing to wait as long as we possibly can, but we'd like to see movement along the way. Um, gosh, so what what constitutes how long you can wait? That's the proverbial question for which we don't have an answer to. Yeah, we saw in the uh, latest uh, Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer the question was asked of farmers uh, about their thoughts on the China situation and they still overwhelmingly seem to think that uh, it's going to turn out okay in the end. Do uh, you think uh, uh, 
that belief is still there from the, uh, from the farmers you talk to, and the, so this will be worth it when it's all done, said and done? You know, i got to believe we've probably felt the pain that uh, we're going to feel with this negotiation. I hope it, I hope it doesn't uh, uh, have much longer tail than it's already impacted us. But, you know, the, these things are difficult to define because there are so many unknowns. So to, to sit here and say I can look in a crystal ball and say, you know, we're in a good place. We're, we're going to maintain the fact that uh, we've leveled off and, and there will be uphill from here, but, boy, my crystal ball's cloudy. How about yours? Yeah, mine too. Yeah, but if they would announce some ethanol purchases along the way, that would help, wouldn't it? You know, it would. And any any uh, purchases obviously need to be backed up by shipments. So that's that's what we really want to see is that the grain keep moving. You know, we're, I think there are small amounts of uh, corn moving in that direction, and uh, for beef, I mean, and uh, so. I, I think to see expansion um, during the negotiations of what is moving will be the, the real indicators that there is an appetite to, to get us all to a good place. And so those are the, the kind of small background things that I look for is is what is actually moving while we're in, in the process. And so it's good to see some, but uh, we'd like to see that go a little bit further, wouldn't we? On USMCA, even though Congress can somehow always – get something done in a short period of time when they are the, of the mind to. But we look at the calendar, and we know that the you know time gets really short here towards the end of the year. Um, that's why getting this thing done sooner rather than later is so important. Well, it is, and we're really, to be optimistic, uh, that we still see that window here this year and really would like to see it happen before we get too, too much further into an election cycle um obviously it's already begun but uh i think there's there's a real need to uh, to get this done from both sides of the party even with all the distractions that are there uh i think there's an appetite for it timing just seems to be the issue when is when's the right time to put it in front of everybody um boy we have so many gifts that keep giving in washington you know what's what's the uh news of the day is is probably more indicative of uh, or indicative of how soon we can actually get there with yeah. the FNCA. All right, John, good to talk with you. Have a safe harvest. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you. Appreciate All right, that. take care. John Linder from Ohio, first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association. Well, next we'll talk with a farmer in uh, those areas of uh, really tough weather. Greg Anderson from uh, northeastern Nebraska. How much harvesting do they have done? We'll find out next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, 
manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today, 800-745-3327, 800-745-3327. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're very happy to have with us today Chief Ag Negotiator for the U.S. Trade Representative's Office, Ambassador Greg Dowd. Greg, good to talk with you. Lots going on. Uh, let's start with U.S.-Japan. That deal, take us behind the scenes in negotiating that from an agricultural standpoint. What were the key areas and uh, the challenges you faced in getting that deal hammered out? So what we've done here is, is Japan is now our third biggest market, $14 billion in ag trade. About uh, $5 billion of that was already duty-free. Japan is going to reduce uh, agricultural tariffs of uh, $7.2 billion. We're going to match that with a reduction in industrial tariffs. And the good news here is uh, Congress does not need to touch that. Uh, thank goodness, Mike. And uh, we, uh, we now have a situation where the Japanese diet uh, has to uh, review this uh, deal. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer fueled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. A good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight, 
and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, let's get a crop update from northeastern Nebraska. Greg Anderson joins us now. Greg, is it snowing there? <laughs> Not snowing. Not here yet anyway, Mike. And hopefully the weather forecast sounds maybe if we just get a trace uh, in where I live in this northeastern part. But out west, it's a different story. And certainly as I look at the map, the Dakotas are getting uh, some snow. So, yeah, that's an interesting time this early in the season. How cold are you supposed to get? Well, uh, right now it's 44 degrees, uh, cloudy with some drizzle. Uh, they're giving a hard freeze uh, warning, a first uh, freeze of the year here for tonight. And actually for the next three nights, uh, we could dip as low as the mid-20s. So that definitely will put an end to the growing season. Mm -hmm. Now you grow all soybeans. How much harvest do you have done? Well, Mike, I'm about uh, nearly 20% done. Uh, I'd like to be a little bit farther along, but uh, with the later uh, season, you know, we just didn't get started uh, in September like we would like, and the rain delays have been uh, numerous. Uh, a week ago, uh, I worked on a Monday, and then it rained, and I was out the entire week until Monday of this week. I got uh, three good days in, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but now uh, we're shut down again. I had about 40 hundredths of rain overnight with drizzle today, and and it sounds like it's going to continue here off and on for the next uh, 24 hours. But then uh, hoping for some clearing skies and, uh, and some uh, sunny weather, which is supposed to come. But, you know, those high temperatures early next week, only in the 50s, so it's going to take a little bit longer than unusual to dry off and go again. Uh, how have the uh, early yield results been? You know, pretty good, Mike. I've been uh, I've been pleased, uh, relatively speaking, uh, with uh, the growing season. Looking at it, to just uh, had my doubts. We had lots of rain. Uh, got the crop in late, uh, then later than normal, later than I would have liked. But uh, the yields are, are are pretty good in this particular area. Now you go. Uh, further north or, or, or further uh, south, and sometimes you might not uh, get that. But but uh, I think, relatively speaking, uh, people are, are somewhat a little bit surprised. Uh, you know, we're not going to have a, a, a record year, but it's going to be decent uh, for beans. And for corn, uh, there are there is some corn coming out already, and uh, not just, you know, for silage purposes, but actually uh, that's been pretty much wrapped up. But the uh, corn for grain, some people are taking that. So uh, we're... we're uh, you know, getting getting some progress done despite uh, the rain delays. I was going to ask you about uh, some of your neighbors that you talked to about uh, their corn harvest. Uh, so there are, there is some getting done, evidently. Uh, have you heard any moisture levels on their corn? Well, it's in that uh, 20% range would catch a lot of it, Mike. So 
people are taking it uh, as as the as the hybrids, uh, some of those earlier hybrids, maybe down to about eighteen. Um, but the, the conditions were were so good, just getting it out here, and I think some people were actually starting on some early corn before their beans. Uh, the beans still have some green stems on them as of a week ago, and especially if they've been sprayed with fungicide. Uh, the, the stems are, are green, and, and there might be a leaf or two on them yet, but the beans are kind of dry. But nevertheless, I think fungicide application really paid off. I'm, I've kind of started into some of those where I have sprayed fungicide and I found a marked difference. And so I'm content to wait. It'll dry off, and we can go again. What about flooding? Any in your area? Any uh, concerns around you? Not, not recently, Mike. I mean, uh, from the from the March floodings, uh, that's been pretty much uh, all repaired. Nothing's happened as the flooding nature here yet uh, at all during the summer. Uh, there are some some of those bottom ground areas that are still uh, pretty saturated. People are are hoping that they will dry out good so they don't leave a, leave tracks and that type of thing. So those types of fields are uh, something to watch. But uh, right in this area, you know, we're, we're okay in that regard. Uh, I feel for the guys who are battling those conditions, though, because that's really, really tough. So it just sounds like it's just going to be, as we knew, a long harvest and a late harvest, just maybe longer and later than we'd even thought. I think so, Mike. You know, I was looking, I, I make notations uh, each uh, harvest season in a journal, and I see last year, uh, was about the same uh, situation. The first half of October uh, was slow, uh, lots of rain delays, and then the second half of the month uh, really cleared up and we're able to get it down, you know, get it out. I'm hoping that happens for a repeat for this year and everybody can wrap up safely and, and securely. It's it's uh, challenging, though, Mike, as you know. I mean, we here we have other challenges on the front end of the planting season, and now it's coming back uh, for a repeat uh, visit here uh, during fall harvest. Yeah, it's just been that kind of a year where it get it on both ends. Uh, have you had much disease or insect uh, uh, pressures this year? You know, not really that uh, I can tell. That's going to be one of the bite spots of 2019. I did spray a lot of my acres uh, with fungicide and insecticide. I think that really paid. I didn't see the uh, insect damage uh, at all, really, to speak of, and uh you know, the plant health uh, was sustained and, and good throughout the growing season. And so uh, really no issues in this particular area of the state. So that, so that is a bright spot. All right. So you just wait out the weather. I guess it gives you more time to go to Huskers games. Well, it, it does. I'm planning on going to the volleyball game uh, uh, tomorrow night uh, in Lincoln and, and cheer them on. And, of course, I'll be uh, rooting for our St. Louis Cardinals. It's exciting to watch them. How about How about those cards? How about those Cardinals? That's right. Very exciting. And uh, uh, looking forward to that series now with the Nationals. Well, Greg, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll check back in in a week or so and see if you've been able to get back out and get some more done. Thanks a lot. Have a safe harvest. Yeah, please check back with me. And thanks so much, Mike. Good to talk with you. Uh yeah, all right, take care. Greg Anderson, he farms in northeastern Nebraska, and as he said, just really just getting started, maybe 
of his harvest done. Greg grows all soybeans on, on his farm. All right, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have analysis of uh, today's USDA crop numbers. We'll go over all that, plus the very latest on what's going on with China. Any, any breakthroughs, any signs of hope or optimism uh, in those talks. So lots going on, and we'll keep you up to date right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. With Make-A-Wish, the impossible becomes possible. A girl battling cancer can become a race car driver battling the course. The boy showing all the nurses his fire trucks can take the helm of a real one. Wishes can give kids with critical illnesses the strength to keep fighting, get better, and grow up. Where there's a wish, there's a way. Wishes need you. Visit Make-A-Wish at Wish.org. You can't buy a best friend. You can love them, walk them, pet them, and care for them, whether they want you to or not. You can take a picture or 50. You can fly to the moon, travel the world, or just stay in bed. You can't buy a best friend like that, but you can adopt one. There are millions of pets waiting for a best friend just like you. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.